I don't really know what I believe, and I don't think I care. Because if you have no need, you have no reason to listen to the gospel. A full-time vocational minister. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like more progressively Christian or grew up more progressive who are able to reconcile some of those things with their faith because they're not taught the world is black or white and those are your two options. Christianity is like a Jenga tower. Once you remove the bottom, the bottom blocks, the whole thing comes crumbling down. Yeah. And, like, we're never going to understand an all-powerful deity. Hey, my name is Elijah, and you are listening to the Hopefully Wandering Podcast. We are a, a group of two self-identified, deconstructed individuals who used to work as pastors within the evangelical church, specifically in a mega church setting, and now have come to realize the quote-unquote errors of our ways and embrace the openness of life and uh, are just along for the journey. Learn about new things, talking to different people, gathering a wide range of perspective, whereas before we may have had a, a more narrow tunnel vision. Now, we're hopefully wandering through the wilderness of ideology and just chatting up life. Collier, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Collier. I am the other co-host. I'm doing well. That was an excellent intro, Elijah. Thank you. Oh, man. You know me. I mean, I've done enough uh, devos before offering time. You know, I can just pull it out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we do a lot of stuff. Yeah, most of it comes out of our ass, you know? That's right. You know, I think the church and, uh, honestly, school and college yes! <laughs> prepared us very well for pulling things out of our ass. It was like, Do you remember the Fluff Club? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as you can make something sound convincing, then, like, that's all that matters. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a Facebook group back in the day. I mean, it's still, it's. I think it's still on there with my old account, but it is it is a Facebook group of us who were in the same class in high school who would just share tips to make our papers do for English class as fluffy as possible. Change the font to, like, 12.1, 12.2, increase period size to like 15, <laughs> make the margin slightly small. And I'm like, guys, we worked so hard to get out of it. We might as well have just typed it, you know, <laughs> straight up. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, really. Um, yeah, you know, I was still too good at two shoes to do that too much. I was like afraid I would get caught. So yeah. but but there were some good tips, you know? Um I think if we had turned it in virtually, probably. We would have got caught. Oh yeah. No, we probably would have got caught. We we turned turned in paper ones, yeah. Speaking of that, I've heard of this random thing, but I've heard of this um hack that you can do for resumes for jobs where you like uh copy and paste the job description or like the keywords from the job description on the website paste that into your cover letter or resume and make it like white font that is like unreadable, you know, like like the same font as the cover letter paper on Microsoft Word. Um, so you hide the font, but that way a lot of companies use like basically an AI like imager to scrape through thousands of cover letters, resumes to find the keywords. So it'll pop up on all those keywords, but what? the recruiters won't see it. That's genius. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that online. So like, don't 
blame me if someone catches you with that. But I mean, I guess if they do, like, what, you're not going to get the job, but that's fine. You didn't have it anyway. That's right. But that's right. yeah, so I might might use that next time. We'll see. Well, um, I was trying to think of a clever like transition for uh, our our first uh, agenda topic for the day, but I didn't think of one. So I'm going to do a real clunky one. Okay, let me hey, hear it. Hey, Collier, why don't we do hey. that thing you told me about? Hey, that thing I do, the thing I told you about. Yeah, yeah, the, the game activity. It's not really a game. Yeah, we can do this. So uh, this will be a mini version of a bracket. So what I was thinking was there's a lot of celebrities um, who have sort of become icons to like the deconstruction community in some ways, or even if not, just famous people that were raised in or converted to Christianity or Christian faith and then left and I guess have been at least somewhat outspoken about it, not necessarily like made the personalities revolve around it. Um, so that's like the first group is we're going to do like a little bit, little bracket, just top three for now of like our favorite deconstructed celebrities. Now to clarify, these aren't people who like are famous in the deconstruction sphere online and on social media, people that um, I mean, like a friend, Derek Myers from your favorite heretics, people that weren't as well known in like their field before deconstruction. These are people that like were celebrities were fairly well known in their field and then left the faith um, or, you know, deconstructed, whatever, some kind of way. And then after that, we're going to give our top three hopefuls for current Christians who we are hoping <laughs> This year, let's say 2023, we see this like, is some our post announcement or something about it. Yeah. Are you saying Derek wasn't famous before deconstructing? How dare oh, you? Oh, I'm sure he was famous, but he didn't have, uh, <laughs> he and Rachel didn't have their like couple hundred thousand Instagram followers That's that they right. do, or is it millions? <laughs> I don't even know. They have a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, good job, Derek. Uh, you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Because you have the bigger list, apparently. Yeah, let's see. You know what? Okay. I'll go first. First one I'm going to say is one of my favorites is uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh, that's a good one. A lot of the Disney crew was Christian. A lot of them were. Um but yeah, Miley Cyrus was very Christian, uh, somewhat outspoken about that, I believe, in her Hannah Montana days, you know, kind of started to break out of the cage during her Can't Be Tamed era. And that was, I thought that was so like risque and such a bad video when I was little. Like I watched it back a few weeks ago and it's tame. I mean, the song is It Can't Be Tamed, but the, the video is pretty tame, you know, for, for nowadays and for like considering how she's progressed, how just the arts have progressed it's like yeah there's like not really any cleavage i mean it's like a big black wings like the kind of could resemble demon wings if Satan. you want them to just because of the colors of like darkness and and scary looking wings the powers but of it's like evil. not yeah it's not like overly sexual it's not overly satanic it's not like that evil it's just like kind of from her christian days when she was the the pure little christian hannah montana that was a uh a God-fearing little country girl. You know, it was such a shock. Um, so that's my number one. That's good. That's good. 
Uh, mine aren't in any particular order. They're just three. I don't even know they're my top three, but they're three that I wanted to share. <laughs> yes. Um, this was a suggestion from Talon and has become one of my top three. Okay. Uh, or one of my three. Uh, Demi Lovato. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you? I mean, similar to Miley Cyrus, like Disney, Disney kid. Very yeah. similar, and that's what made me like pick it because I, I had a like four or five, and you said Miley, and I'm like, okay, Demi Lovato, a Disney kid. Um, I know they they were Christian back in the day. They had to go to through the rehab, and then like they come out on the other side and like release this like <laughs> celebration of them becoming like coming out as lesbian and all this, and yeah. an album basically like just saying fuck you i'm gonna do what i want uh their newest album is killer it's grunge it's it is so good yes it's so good and it's it's whereas like you said miley was like more subtle about her her embrace of this stuff uh demi is not subtle like like straight up just saying it for what it is and sometimes i'm like i kind of just like just coming right out of the gate and being like oh, i'm totally. about this now i don't care yeah yeah definitely i mean i agree um yeah i mean i think her album was fantastic or i, I think what's she- the album called Taylor? nope um yeah i know i forget what it's called now but yeah demi's album was like fantastic uh it's called 29 is the one wow. song I really like. Holy fuck. Holy, Holy fuck. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, so many religious themes in there too. Like done very artfully. And it's like um not necessarily subtle, but it's not like super cheesy. It's just it, it's very direct, but it's yeah. like very, yeah. very good. You know, it's very it's done so well. Yeah. I yeah, love it. it's not cheesy. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it because it, usually when people are so direct, they're kind of like cheesy about it, but she's just mm-hmm. this is what it is. And I like it. Yeah. Love that. Yes, Disney kids. Um, shout out to all the Disney kids for are, all, are being, the, all being Christian, like not <laughs> now all, all not. <laughs> are I mean, the not Jonas all of them. brothers? Are they still okay? Christian? So I don't know if I was gonna say this on my list. They were on the list that I wrote, but oh! they weren't necessarily gonna be my top three. I Joe might uh, Joe is I'm almost positive not Christian anymore. Uh, I'm not sure about the other two. I think Nick may be Christian, but I don't really know. I'm almost positive Joe is not. And like, yeah, he's he's awesome. Love him. Um Yeah, I know. I've got i I've got like a lot of ones that I really love. Uh <laughs> maybe this is cheating. I'll just say Boy Genius. Um Oh yeah. More specifically, Julian Baker. I love her story of like because she really wrestled with it. You know, she was like very um very into it you know and like through struggles with addiction and mental health dove even further into it and like you know got into all the christian lore you know like tried to dissect and figure out every single part of it that she could so she like you know i think kind of similar to like how we did once we questioned things like she just like dove straight in like as far as she possibly could dive in um so i love like hearing her talk about it because i think she identified as some sort of Christian, like definitely progressive and deconstructed up until recently. And now I don't think she does at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I love the, the, the ache that you hear in her songs. That's all to do with that. Absolutely. Back in, um, 
the 2015 album that she released. Yeah. Um, uh, sprained ankle. Sprained ankle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, ironically, I was listening to that like back when it first dropped, and I. I like kind of picked up on that emotion that she was like talking about there, but and it resonated with me, but I didn't understand why until like way later on. But um, her song "Rejoice" is like really hit me hard because she's like, I don't really care if God is real or he's not, but if he is, it doesn't really matter what he's like. He's gonna hear me or he's gonna not. It doesn't really matter. So why not just live life? Yeah, totally. So, it's good. All right. Yeah, what's your next one then? So, so this is my question. Can it be someone who was famous within the Christian community too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. let's do that. No, for because sure. Because I just resonate so much with Joshua Harris. Mm, okay. And I know he's like the poster boy right now. I mean, or at least was when the whole mars hill shit was going on yeah because uh john cooper like made a big made his first big like dick statement back then when john Josh cooper. Made his... yeah oh my god but yeah i just resonate so much with joshua harris simply because he did his best he did what he thought was good supposed to do but it ultimately wasn't even though he had the best of intentions while releasing I Kiss Dating Goodbye, pastoring the way he did, he thought that he, he he didn't have any malice in his heart towards others, unlike I believe some pastors are right now, especially mm-hmm. within this whole evangelical community. I really do think they're selfish bitches, but Joshua Harris was a genuinely kind guy who did not want to hurt anyone, yet when yeah. he deconstructed, he was like, I'm sorry, and I don't know what to tell you. He didn't know how to make up for it. He was freaking out. And feeling mm-hmm. alone and filled with regret is really relatable. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, yeah, I mean, and I do feel bad for him too, especially like we were maybe on a similar path. I think it's lucky that uh, our leaders and our mentors I look back and one thing I'm grateful for, like for, for like our mentor, for example, our worship leader, uh, he, he was really nervous when we started getting so much power or leadership at like 18. Um, like I remember him, like (laughs) honestly being a little glad that like that the, uh, the church that we worked at that closed down right after I started working there. Um, I, I was telling him about that. And I think he was kind of glad that like, that we weren't, the head worship pastor of a church anymore because you know joshua harris's story one thing that's tragic about it is like that he was he wrote accusating goodbye when he was what like 18 or 17 like it was he was young you know he was little when he got thrust into the the fame of being like wow look at this young man's heart i mean what does that do to a kid like where i am now versus where i was back then like i can't imagine what that type of like um, praise and adoration and fame would have gotten me, you know, as someone that's trying their best, like I believe he was, you know, he thought he was trying his best. He thought he was going to help a lot of people as we both did. And I, yeah, I think if we had got famous when we were 18, if we had been like a poster boy for the church, then that could, that would have screwed us up too. We would have done some very harmful things. So yeah, no, I, I get you, man. I resonate with his story too. Yeah. 
for sure. Dude, when I uh, was... Okay, one more thing. Sorry, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good, yeah. This, just to illustrate an example of how confident we were in our abilities, my freshman year at Ozark Christian, I don't know if I said that before. I did now. Anyways, <laughs> I told the director of the worship program, he's like, hey, we do an evaluation when you come in as a freshman and you come out as a senior. And you want to share... And he just asked like some introductory question, you know, what what do you play? What is your confidence level in this instrument? How do you feel as a pastoral leader? At the end, he's like, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you in your abilities as a worship pastor to to do this full time now? I said nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eighteen year old kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First week in college. Damn. I'm like, I know. I thought I was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was that was your fr- freshman year not your senior year no my freshman year oh shit i hadn't oh, even yeah. i just only been in the program a few weeks yeah yeah like nine That's i so barely funny. need this <laughs> no honestly i was like almost the same way too which is why i went to bible college in the first place i was what? like you know what i've got the majority of what i need i just need some more formal theology training you That's know like, right. I, I, thought, I thought i was almost there That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, cool. Okay, so my last one, Deb, this is tough because I actually like a lot of um, deconstructed people. Let's see. I mean, I guess. Well, I can say this is my number one spot. Maybe like I feel like it's got to go to Rhett and Link. Oh, yeah. As a as a pair, you know, just for what they did to my personal story, um, their impact on that, and just they were. They were like in a unique position where they were very well known by all Christians almost or Christians that loved YouTube because they were very popular YouTubers. I mean, some of the most popular and they were very, very outspoken about their faith. You know, they like worked at ministry. Um, Yeah. And so the way that they have continued to be very honest and vulnerable and real about like they're struggling and that they didn't just go like, hey, we're rich now. So fuck the church. You know, it wasn't like a kind of crazy thing it was like just them saying like i've done this for years i mean they've done this for like almost 40 years you know however old they are like and they were like this is hard because i'm throwing all of this away like everything right. like i'm throwing away you know um so yeah their story impacted me and so many people so much so it's probably my top one i don't know i may share some more uh, uh honorable mentions but what's your last one so my last one is not so much as a well-known person, but the organization that they worked for is extremely well-known. And you mm-hmm. you may or may not have heard of him. Let me pull this up real quick. Do you know who Marty Sampson is? The name sounds familiar, but I'm, I'm not sure. Marty Sampson was a Hillsong songwriter. Who okay. Has deconstructed. And I'm going to read you a list of songs that Marty has helped write or got credited with. Oceans? Okay. Oh, I shit. Surrender? What that, a Beautiful okay, that, Name? That's how I know it. Yes. I know his name from seeing, um, seeing it at the top of the chord sheets that we print out from Planet Center, like seeing the yep. written lyrics and music by. Yes. Uh, who You Say I Am, King of Kings, Broken Vessels. Um, here I am to worship. Uh, so Shit. will I. So was this recent? Uh, this within is, the I last mean, three years. 
some of those were written in like what 2019 20 mm-hmm. it was like 2020 mm-hmm. oh but wow. no no the, uh all of those they those are all 2019 songs or earlier king of kings oh, okay. king of kings came out in 2019 but okay i mean you know they probably wrote it like 2015 yeah true true but um marty was a one of them not really one of the faces for hillsong like united but one of the like instrumentalists worship one of the more behind the scenes guys who would just yeah help write the lyrics and he just one day came out and he's like i feel like my faith is as shallow as my songs and I don't identify with anything going on within the church right now. And then ever since then, fallen off the face of the planet. Not heard from him ever since. <laughs> Damn. Wow. And so you look at these like chord charts and you're like, oh my God, none of these people are Christian anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they still sing the songs in the church. That makes sense. Yeah. Damn. So. I know. I feel like that's a lot of times the way it goes is like the really the ones who write the songs that are so like honest and raw and like show such good emotion and so show such like depth in understanding intellectually and with your heart. You know, those type of people, those songwriters are always the ones who have deconstructed now. Because I the mean like the genuine so, uh, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I'm thinking of that one couple. I forgot their name. Um, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> why can't I think of it? Oh my god! I know. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Things, da, 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 <laughs> yes, da, da. exactly, exactly. Beautiful things. A uh, gungor. Gunger. I'm gonna say yeah. gunder. <laughs> gunger. G- gunger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they had some songs that, like, you know, hit you really deep, and uh, I don't know. I mean, John Mark McMillan is a stone's throw away from deconstructing too. Like Dude, his songs yeah. are out there. Yeah, yeah. So w- with that, I think that's a really good transition into the next part. Then, um, yeah. Oh, one thing funny. So this is just a random honorable mention. One thing I saw as I was trying to research Christian celebrities was uh, Anne Hathaway. Um, she was raised Catholic. Apparently, she was like dead set on being a nun when she was 11 until she was like, I don't know, 15 or so. <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly when she left Christianity, but yeah, she, for the first like uh, adolescent years of her life, she thought she was going to be a nun. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we could transition to hopefuls. Let's see. Our wish list. <laughs> Our wish list for people to, Either come out, I don't know, against the church or against Christianity, uh-huh. or just at least say that they are questioning everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they don't have all the answers in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go first. My number one that I have been wishing for every year for the longest time is John Foreman from Switchfoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you Dude, honestly, it's so bad. I want it so bad. Yeah, yeah. No, because his his lyrics are the same thing, dude. Like, I mean, just like we were talking about with uh, Marty uh, Sampson and Gungor and all of them. Like, he's so he gets to the heart of it so well. He's always been more 
he's always been a little like afraid to call himself Christian and to be, you know, he was like, he's one of the ones like almost started that sort of Christian meme of like, we're not a Christian band. We're Christians in a band, <laughs> you know, like that was, yes, that was John Foreman was one of the guys that would say that type of stuff. He was like, I don't see us as like being boxed in by this and we're just following Jesus the best way we know how. And so he's always been a little bit more deconstructing anyway. You know, he's always been like trying to um, parse the, the good from the bad, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I feel like his whole career and stuff, he's been he's been tossing out more bathwater. And at some point, I hope he throws out the baby with it, too. You know, just <laughs> take the fucking baby and just, just shoot it, throw it out. Get it out of there. Get it out of the tub. Yeah. So, yeah, John, please do that. Let this be your year, 2023. <laughs> Name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. I'm manifesting today. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have three who I, I plan to say, but, like, really any of the worship leaders. Uh, like, I, I think I sent you an album uh, or an EP from a Bethel worship leader, Hunter G.K. Thompson. I don't uh, know. I think so. he, he had the Halloween punk EP. You may or may oh, not remember. Oh, yes. I'm like, yes, I remember that. Yeah. If he deconstructed and made a punk band, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, my, my number one is uh, right now, uh, Kyle Adelman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, what would that, yeah, what would that do? Oh my God. The whole city that of would, be... would lose their shit. Yes. That would be high profile, man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All just imagine, just like the backlash and people freaking the fuck out, dude. Better yet, if he does it like live on a sermon, <laughs> no, <laughs> he just preaches a surprise sermon about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Did he's you? probably listening right now. So <laughs> hey, if you're listening. <laughs> Anyone from the Idleman family right now, oh. if, if if you were anyone mm. related to Kyle, just <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the uh, the Hay Staff family Instagram account? Oh yeah, dude, that's actually a really funny uh I I wanted to hate it, honestly, because it's I funny. thought it was gonna be like I thought it was gonna be Babylon B humor, but it's it kind of is, but but it's kind of like Babylon B humor from 15 years ago before they were full fascists, like oh, all right. Yeah. You know, because nuts. like now Babylon B is just like, it's just making fun of minorities basically. But Babylon B used to be poking fun at, at, at each other. You know, it used to be making fun of weird idiosyncrasies of Christianity, the, the, the funny little things that we do in the mega church that make no sense. Like that's some funny humor. And, uh, that was a funny page, yeah. It was really funny. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, Kyle using Dave's sermon <laughs> for Easter. Just mm. like, we now have yeah. uh, 17 campuses instead of two. You know, <laughs> funny. Oh, yeah. That, that was like this Easter, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Um, Okay, yeah. So my second one is uh, Selena Gomez. I she's a she's she still a Christian. I I mean I don't know what's going on in her heart right now, but she definitely was in the doc that she aired this year on Apple TV. Oh. Um, I minded me. Oh okay. yeah, like she's not like the well, she might still go to Hillsong. She's seen every once in a while going to Hillsong, NYC okay. or Hillsong LA or whatever wherever she is. 
Um, and she was in that scene for a long time. So she's been involved with Hillsong uh, and grew up Christian, you know, has been Christian her whole life. Um, now, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is like the cultural thing with her being like her being uh, Latina. I know that there's like a different cultural aspect there um, that also like kind of keeps you in the faith, too. But I really would hate for her to keep her association with Hillsong you know, because fuck that place and fuck how homophobic they are and just how fuck like corrupt they are. Awful. So, yeah. But I think she's so cool. Like, other than that, like, I feel like she's such a cool person. And I would love it if, yeah, if she makes some kind of statement or just like starts talking about that, talking about her journey away. That'd be cool. Absolutely. I, what, what's the doc called? Uh, it's called My Mind and Me. Okay. Is her newer music worth listening to like she writing about this stuff um she has I, a song called i've she has a song called up. my mind and me my mind and me okay um yeah i mean she's been like acting a lot recently you know doing like the uh only murders in the building and um doing that so i don't think yeah okay so th- that was just a single she hasn't released like an album since 2020 okay okay i'm gonna but, put i'm gonna put it in the queue yeah yeah it's cool i mean so that one's about like her struggle with like severe mental health stuff you know okay save the song boom okay similar vein to selena my transition okay carl lance carl (laughs) damn (laughs) yeah yeah because apparently now he's back preaching at the uh at the Tulsa Church, uh, whatever they call Transformation Church. Transformation. Which, yeah, that's what it is. If <laughs> anyone, literally anyone, should look up Transformation Church's Easter production. Oh my God, dude! Did you see it? Yeah, I sent it to yeah. you. I think. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> awful, man. It's. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I I couldn't even tell. But it was yeah. like a Rihanna concert for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which like <laughs> some people would hate that because they hate like popular music and whatever. Like, I don't hate it for the production value no. of the music. I, I hate it for the waste of resources and the fact that Michael Todd has given. So he's been featured in a lot of uh, Believe It or Not videos. Yeah. Um, There's one specifically that he did recently, Believe It or Not, on Tithing. And Michael Todd has preached several egregious sermons about tithing. Yeah. You know, saying like, if you got nothing, if you're destitute, give it to the church. Meanwhile, not only is he buying like billions of dollars of clothing, like we talked about last time, uh, he's also like that, that show. I mean, how much did that cost to put on like that production? So much. The rapper that came out was wearing the, I think it's Balenciaga, big red boots. Oh you know, yeah, he was those wearing the big red boots. Oh my god, how much are those? Unbelievable <laughs> so amounts of money, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> back to Carl, like mm-hmm. mega mega church figure had this whole scandal back in the church again, and and an even shittier church than Hillsong yeah. somehow. And I'm just like. <laughs> It would almost be picturesque for him to be like, 
I'm sorry, guys. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I hurt a lot of people now. <laughs> like, yeah, like almost like a 12 step program. Like, oh, yeah. no, I hurt everyone. So I guess I just have to stop being Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and it's good that like we would hope that he would do that rather than like trying to capitalize on it and be like, Hey, guess what? Follow me in my new self-help book, which that, he probably will I, do. He will do. <laughs> He'll do that because at the end of yeah. the day, he doesn't worship God. He is a money marketing man. Okay. Oh yeah. He's, he wants to be famous. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I've talked about here, like I still kind of want to be famous, you know, like yeah. I, I just, I want to perform. I want to be known. And, uh, I would have, I, or there was, I had to fight that every day myself as a Christian. And uh, if d- depending on the situation I was given, if I was thrust into fame, like we talked about with Josh Harris, I would have chased the fame, I'm sure. Like, I, I don't know. Who knows? But it's an easy trap to fall into. Because, But I think that's all he wants. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. I don't think that he gives a shit about the faith, honestly. I think he just wants the attention. I think he just wants to be friends with celebrities, you know? Yeah. Wants to be friends with Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez. He wants to be in the in crowd and have the money and mm. faith is the easiest way for him to do it, which is a terrible thing. Yeah. It is an easy way to do it. You don't have to, don't even have to be that talented. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. So this is my last one. It's also a sort of in a similar vein. Now oh, I've so got, ready. you know, other ones more from my personal life, but, uh, um, I mean, Kyle's personal. celebrity wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I have some like that, but, I think it would just be fucking hilarious if Kevin Sorbo came out as not Christian. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. (laughs) Dude, he's like the champion of pure flicks. You know, he's in every God's Not Dead movie. He's in every fucking Christian horrible movie. Oh my God. He's saying that Christians are persecuted. He's a big Second Amendment guy. Oh my God. If he came out as like as questioning and they'll take all the films faith. down <laughs> yeah yeah now, he was the I professor and god's not dead right yeah okay yeah, okay, the, okay. The one he got killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes i think that'd be so funny i mean i also think he would be just as insufferable as carl Lenz if he did you know not be a christian i think he'd be like I feel like he's a narcissist, you know, so I feel like yeah. he'd be like horrible as a atheist, but it'd be so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd be an atheistic Trumpy then. A atheistic yeah. GOP guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which there is like this like weird atheistic like everyone sucks, so I want my guns and my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have seen that a lot actually. Yeah, cuz like it's very individualist. Yeah, and like it it is funny how some atheism. I mean, I I think the the old, or were they called the new atheists? I don't know the atheists from like twenty years ago, whatever that sect was called. It was like a big, a lot of a lot of straight white men who were very um, a holes. <laughs> I don't it's know. More, they were just like yeah. It's more like were, libertarian were, almost. Yeah, they, but but yeah, a lot of them were libertarian. A lot of them voted for Trump, I think, because like. I don't know. They just they took atheism to a like selfish maybe place. yeah, very selfish way. That they were like, yeah, if nothing matters then like hell yeah, I'm going to be selfish as fuck because why wouldn't I be? Absolutely. Well, Collier, hear me out. For my okay. last one. <laughs> hear me out. My mom. 
Um, <laughs> Tucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. imagine. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be so brand funny. Is based on this like conservative Christian value, which mm-hmm. I don't even know if he actually believes that. But if his brand came out as he doesn't believe it any longer, yeah. Everyone would freak out. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like he can be he can be like ambiguously Christian right now and, and keep that brand. Like he doesn't have to truly believe. But if he came out as like either incredibly liberal Christian or just like or well, if he came out as atheist, I guess especially. If he was mm-hmm. atheist, that would ruin it, you know? Like I'm thinking that there are people like Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. I mean, Ben Shapiro is religious. He's Jewish, but like, that'd be interesting not Christian. too. Um, but like Jordan Peterson, you know, has like a not really Christian, but sort of Christian type of thing going. Yeah. But like, so yeah, no, what? Tucker, yeah. <laughs> but Tucker, yeah, especially has built it even more around that. That would be so funny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's man. a good one. I, it's just said in my wish list, but it won't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, mm-hmm. th- this this has been a fun a fun exercise. Yeah, yeah. If you know, if you're listening and you have any other like either people that we may not know were Christians and are not, like, please send us those like celebs or famous people that that you know of that have deconstructed, dear listener. Um, or also, and also, um, people who you would hope to see, yeah, uh, have their own kind of story like us. We should do a poll. We'll do a poll on uh, the day this releases. Oh yeah, yeah. So. No, it'd be great. Yes, <laughs> that, that would be fun. Well, you try to transition this call here. I did the last um, one and I failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking about celebrities oh yeah uh well i mentioned before so i was looking up for this game i was trying to do a little bit of research um and i had a very hard time and the reason i had a hard time was i was looking up on google um famous celebrities who have left the christian faith or christian celebrities who deconstructed or people who used to be christian and aren't you know just looking up different phrases like that I couldn't find, I could maybe find like two articles that weren't from a Christian website. And even those ones were saying, hey, here's 25 people you might not know are religious. It's like a BuzzFeed. It was, yeah, like BuzzFeed type of stuff. Yeah. Um, But a lot of them were from like Christianity Today or BeliefNet or Christian Answers or GotQuestions.com or, yeah, like they were all from Christian websites. They were all from Christian perspectives. One of them had a list of like, people who had left the faith or had like, yeah, I, it was a very, very small list of people who had left the faith. Um, and they were like, so at the end of the article, they, they said, so these people have all, you know, publicly gone against Christianity, but we hope and pray that they will come back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, it was really hard to find. Um, I didn't even find, I mean, the only one I found for my list that I named was Anne Hathaway. That was the only one I didn't know of. Yeah. Uh, everyone else, like I just knew of from other stuff because it was very difficult because Christianity owns 
I'm not saying like conspiracy theory, not like they own the media, not that type of thing. But I mean, like they they are the most popular um, media, you know, like if if you're looking at Christianity stuff in this country, like where we are using our Google algorithm, you're going to get majority Christian websites, Christian people um, talking about Christian issues like they um, it's it was very frustrating, honestly, to like to not be able to find any data on that or like any. Or just any list. Like I was, I wasn't looking up serious research. Just silly lists of celebrities who used to be Christian. Um, so one, it reminded me that like this deconstruction sphere is not very big. And if you're not like on my Instagram feed or on my TikTok feed, like you're not going to see as many of these people. Uh, like, well, all the people. I don't know. Uh, you're not going to see as many people if you're not like already in that area. But also. It just annoys me that time and time and time and time again, we hear so much about like Hollywood hates Christians or hates religious and the media is against Christianity. And why does all of America hates Christianity? And we're so persecuted as Christians. Um, No one like understands us. Everyone hates us. We hear that so much. And it's just simply not true. Like if you try to find out things about Christianity, it's, it's very, very hard to find quotes from especially contemporary famous people that are disparaging of Christianity. Like you can find there's one quote from Ricky Gervais where he says, like, as an atheist, I believe in only or you believe in only one more God than I do. Um, you don't believe in the rest. Like like there's, he's there's one dick, Ricky though, Gervais I quote. <laughs> oh no, he is, yeah. <laughs> I think he's pretty conservative too. Um <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah I, it, it happens i don't know he's yeah. british too so <laughs> that that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so like if you try to look up things about like disparaging christianity it's kind of hard to find honestly like especially on google like on the main pages if you look it up on tiktok on instagram using like hashtags of deconstruction you can find it but if you're looking up on major news sources or like Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, even like these places that are very liberal, very not Christian, you're going to be very hard pressed to find things that are like disparaging towards the faith. Um, Why do you think that is? So I just think it's because it's the most popular religion, you know, and people don't want to offend people like people. Christians are the original. They invented cancel culture for one thing, like Christians have been boycotting shit for so long, you know, like I remember when, when I was little, we had like a conversation about if we were going to boycott McDonald's because they said something in support of abortion, um, boycotting Target for using gender neutral restrooms, boycotting Starbucks for whatever. Uh, Christians love to try to truly cancel things. And yeah, so I, I think the Christians have, since they're, since Christians are still the majority in the country. I think they've done a good job at twisting the narrative and being able to say, look at us, we're outsiders, we're persecuted. And um, th- there's theological reasons of why that is, which I can get into later, possibly. But I think the reason to your question, Elijah, that we don't see as much attacking Christianity is because even people who aren't Christian recognize that like something like 80% of people identify as Christians. And if you make fun of that religion and if you truly do disparage it, you're gonna you're probably gonna get canceled. Your show's gonna get pulled. You're not gonna be able to find work as an actor or singer. Like it's it, it's it's hard. Like people who come out as Christian as celebrities, I think are largely way more celebrated than people who come out as atheists. 
Kanye got a lot of traction. I mean, a lot of traction when he came out as Christian or whatever. Not saying it's positive attention, but he got a lot of attention for it. He did get attention, yeah. And the people who didn't like it, I don't think were trying to cancel him. And the Christians were like all about it, though. They were like, hell yeah, we got a... We got a famous brother in the oh, house now. Like yeah. they, we got, we got Jesus. What's the Jesus is King or Christ? Whatever the oh yeah, called, you know? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, and I'm trying to like think of how I want to phrase this. But but the thing is, I, I think that it goes back to a fearful mindset, a fear mongering mindset, because the way that Christianity has kept in control for so long, especially like in the United States, is through fear mongering. Because mm-hmm. even though all these people, um, like who are working in the media, may not believe in Christianity or have Christian ideals at all, they have to present in a way that doesn't challenge those ideas otherwise they'll get canceled and the canceling is what keeps the narrative in place so yeah i just look at like even if you just look oh this is what this is what kills i've been i've been real heated about this collier i shared a video today that in the state of tennessee they tried to pass a bill that would ban divisive topics being discussed on college campuses Mm, okay. And that you can report professors who discuss critical race theory, gender equality. Yeah. All, I mean, just class, you know, stuff, you know, all the, all the stuff. Yeah. They, they were trying like a, to like a don't, don't say gay 2.0. Don't say gay 2.0. Don't say, don't say anything. Don't say yeah. anything on college campuses. And the old white Christian speaker of the house says, I'm Christian. I only believe in facts and logic. And the people who were like the, those two uh, African-American delegates who got outed over the gun control stuff were the main yeah. ones against mm-hmm. it. And they were just saying like, sure. Hey, the United States is founded upon principles that only allowed rich white male voters, the eligibility to have any poll in the country and you are continuing that legacy by not acknowledging the sins of our forefathers. And the only way we're ever going to make America great, because it never was, only way we're going to be able to redeem this country is by acknowledging what happened in the past and getting rid of this like fear-mongering mindset that you know we can't let yeah. these anti-Christian values be talked about. And they were shut down. It passed like 80% voted for this bill. God damn. I know. Yeah. And so yeah. just Dude, persecution point. Exhausting. No, totally, totally. Yeah. That's something with the with all these slates of bills, like the well over four hundred that have been introduced against like trans people and trans identities, um, along with these other ones, like you said, like this r- recent one in Tennessee. One thing I've seen from some of the different trials or different um, debates that I've seen in in the legislative bodies is that these lawmakers are um, alluding to, or just using the Bible and literal scripture verses and all that as like the foundation for laws, which one isn't constitutional, you know, it's in the bill of rights, the separation of church and state. Like it's a, it's very unconstitutional to use um, direct like scripture or direct faith to create laws. So like they're 
they don't even give a shit about like the laws of this country that they love. But also like it's very frustrating, yeah, to see that happen, to see people constantly be saying, Well, my faith teaches me this and the Bible says this, so that's why I'm making this law when I don't know. I don't think I mean it's it's always easy to deflect this way, but I think it's a good comparison for Christians to think of what would happen if a Muslim said the same thing. Um if and if they're like, Well, I am a Muslim who believes in this thing, like say I don't want to categorize all people who believe in Islam or all Muslims this way, but like, for example, if they were trying to bring similar laws like are in Iran right now, if they were that form of like Muslim nationalists, you know, um, and someone like that got into our government and said like, well, yeah, I think that we need to like enforce head coverings. I just think that that's what it needs to do because yeah. in Quran verse this, it right. says this. And like, th this is why like I'm making this bill. Yeah. Like they would get honestly, probably like fucking assassinated in this country. Like they, <laughs> They would get booed out of the house, immediately expelled, and yet Christians can sit here and do that all day. I don't know if you saw the one in Florida of uh, this legislator saying that because of his belief in the Bible, he's voted against some trans rights stuff because he literally called people with trans identities and trans allies demons. He said, these are demons and demonic forces at work, and I'm not letting these monsters like run around my country that God gave or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, and so like not only are they saying like horrible stuff, but they're like using the Bible for it. And again, that's why Christians are full of shit when they say they're persecuted <laughs> because all of these laws are based in nothing but their scripture, but the Bible. That's the only basis for these laws. I don't even besides power. Yeah, but like <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, not that I'm disagreeing with you, but I don't even think that these principles are really even based off like an accurate view of scripture. Oh, no, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I think a scripture being twisted. Uh, yes. It, it's, a, it's a very poor understanding of the scripture, but since they can say these words were said by Jesus, therefore I'm going to enact this hateful bill. <laughs> yeah, and like, then it gives you immunity. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, it's so frustrating. And I, um, you know, we need to have uh, Bob, my supervisor at work, on sometime to talk about this. Yeah, he's, yeah, totally. He, he's very politically active. And we, we talk about this at work sometimes. Um, just like, this podcast, has not, this episode's not been what I thought we were going to, we were going to talk about, like, <laughs> gun control <laughs> mm -hmm. on this episode, but instead we're talking about politicians dying. Anyways, <laughs> it's hard not to feel um helpless or just like hopeless in the midst of all of this because yeah i'm you and i are very outspoken for change i believe that i have voted in a way recently to try and make enact change and back when i was like really christian and not really even conservative anymore like the people who like i went to church with scared me into voting for like really conservative candidate. I mean, I know yeah, that no, me too, because they were like, if you don't do this, you are betraying your Christian values. And I sat and thought about it. I'm like, I, I, I don't want to like disappoint these people, even though like if they say this is what yeah. bet, you know, it's that fear mongering mindset made me betray what I truly believe to vote for a candidate who's terrible. And yeah. so when you sit down and you really look at stuff, it's like, you know, what, what do I do? How can I 
really enact change when it just feels like people are even in Congress now saying, like calling them out and saying like, you're a piece of shit. You are lying. You're manipulating. Mm-hmm. Nothing they can do. Yeah. We just got to wait 30 years for them all to die, Collier. <laughs> no, it's frustrating. And the the one piece of hope I do keep coming back to with the dire state of, state of like politics in the country is that um, I think it does show like the, the fascist uprising we're having um, with the people who are in power, um, literally just appealing to fascism, genocide and shit. And like, you can, so you can say that I'm like fear mongering or whatever, that I'm blown it out of proportion, but yeah, I'm really not. This is no! like, <laughs> we're in like a worse place than when 1930s Germany was right now. Like it's, or a similar place. Yeah. It's, um, it's on its way. Yeah. So not saying the same exact thing is going to happen, but something similar might happen. But what I do appreciate is that I think that they are flailing a lot because they know that they are uh, going down. You know, that they know that they're on the losing side now. So I think that's why these laws are happening so much is um, now it sucks if they all get, get put in place and then we have to go through the formal process to try to remove them all. And like that's that can be very hard and then they can keep control with a small number of people. So like that's that's concerning still. But it gives me hope that they are seeing the massive shift in just generations, you know, in ideology. And they are terrified because they know that they're going to lose, you know? Yeah, they are Um, on the losing side and they're freaking out. Yeah. So, like, I guess it could be either good or bad. Like, if they snap too far and, like, do enact full genocide and start killing everybody, then, like, that's a possible outcome, I guess, which would suck. Um, But hopefully... Before it gets to that point, we can like, I don't know, go through some kind of <laughs> different channels. <laughs> we can like do something a little bit more peaceful to uh to get them get that ideology out, you know? Yeah. Um This is this is our message for the <laughs> listeners of the Hopefully Wandering Podcast. Just try and survive for another ten to fifteen years and things will get better. <laughs> I know, I hope Just so. Just try. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking about uh, politics, I know we did want to touch on um, gun control and not even that, but also like the thoughts and prayers sentiment. Bless you. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, kind of what Christians, (laughs) the Christian tie to the Second Amendment. Um, But yeah, I I know you you had some thoughts on that. So well. I, you go ahead? I, if you're okay with it, I want to talk about like what, why this popped up. Yeah, sure, <laughs> you, sure. You, you and Michaela, like my my heroes. You were my <laughs> heroes right there. <laughs> yeah. So, as most of you probably listening know, um, there was a a shooting that happened in uh, Louisville, which is our home state, our hometown. Uh, has been several since then. Actually, it's horrible um but i think because it was so close to home it was especially hard and you know we live away now too but so we were seeing we were just being flooded with uh social media posts about literally just fucking thoughts and prayers or just prayers you know and um so our old church posted like a prayer guide and they were like here's how you can be praying pray for the families and pray for the city and pray for this and pray for this it was like pray for four things um and they were like, yeah, this is sad, so pray. Uh, and that's just really been <laughs> pissing me off. 
um, so much. Just like that sentiment has been pissing me off for so long, but especially now again, and, and since it was so close to home, I was like, okay, it, this is so close to home. Like your people who died were probably went to your church and you're still insisting that you're, you're insisting on inaction, you know? Yeah. Um, so Michaela did it first. Uh, she was pretty pissed off. I think she was off work that day and just like <laughs> home alone. And she, um, commented on like their Facebook post. It was, I forgot what she said exactly. Was, yeah. She's like, I can find it real fast, <laughs> but she commented on their Facebook post and it was, was so like, funny. Yeah. That's not doing shit. Like, <laughs> Because all um, the comments were said, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and then so, so, so they post this, and then everybody's like, praying, pray emoji, Jesus, please help us. Um, so then Michaela said on the post, she said, no thanks, I'd rather do something to actually help this stop. Maybe you should ask your followers to take action and not just sit back and watch. You have the power. Um, so she posted that on Facebook, and then... Uh, on Instagram, I commented after, after her, I commented on the same Instagram from... Um, the pastor in the church. And I said, I said, sure, but it's been decades and prayer hasn't helped. Maybe we actually try taking action and demanding change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I feel like it's not even like, we weren't even that ruthless as we could have been. We were just more like, it's just, yeah, it's annoying. No matter what you think about prayer, even if you believe in the power of prayer in some ways, it's, it's been so long, over two decades, and we're still in the same, well, in a worse place than we ever have been with gun violence. And we have done absolutely zero, nothing about it on any type of like legislative level, like especially federally, there has been nothing to combat this. Uh, we have not tried anything <laughs> as a country. The only thing we have tried is thoughts and prayers and not saying that it's the church's fault because the church isn't the politics, but as our earlier conversation, Christianity has such an influence on culture that I think that they've convinced people that prayer can work. And so like prayer then just becomes an easy scapegoat. Um, it becomes a way to say like, I don't want to do anything about this problem, but I want to feel like I'm helping. So I'm going to pray, you know? And uh, that's a cynical Sorry, way, but like if, Oh, you're fine. <laughs> if I'm going to be like, if I'm going to be charitable even towards Christians and say that prayer does work on some kind of level, I mean, obviously it doesn't impact legislation. Like that's just no, obvious, but like, not at all. If it works, if it works to bring comfort, if it works to bring healing, that's cool. Um, at this point, I think it's irresponsible to urge public prayer and to keep on publicly saying, Oh, just pray, just pray. Because then what that does is divert the conversation away from actual change and what we can actually do. And then everyone just says, well, we can pray about it. So that's that. Nothing else we can do. God's going to fix it, I guess. Like, he's clearly not going to fucking fix it because we've been asking him for decades and decades, you know, nothing's changing. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's harmful even yes. if you do believe prayer is powerful, I think it's very harmful to publicly post about praying after things like this and to publicly urge people to take the action of prayer because then what that inspires is to take no action in any other way. Yeah, and I'm totally with you. You know, the Christian body is supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. They're supposed to be Jesus incarnate on earth. And just like 
Man, I feel like I'm preaching now, Collier. I, I'm about to sermon. I'm about to sermon up in <laughs> this right. bitch right now. Do it. Okay, <laughs> sermon up in this bitch. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Seriously, what was Christ's example? Did Christ simply say thoughts and prayers to the widows and orphans? No. <laughs> You're gonna take care of them. You're gonna do what you need to do to uh, make sure that they have what they need provided for them. When Jesus saw injustice happening in the temple with the tax collectors, the money collectors, what did he do? He didn't simply walk by and pray for them. He turned over tables, okay? He did it. And so, <laughs> yeah. yes, they need to pray. And who knows? Maybe that will have some sort of spiritual divine impact. I don't think so. Maybe it will. But guess what? There's also some very practical things that could have a real change in society if all of these megachurch pastors would simply try and leverage their congregation that they already have a terrible influence over simply to be like, hey, can we just pass some common sense gun control to save people's lives? I mean, like, yeah. the bare minimum. They can mobilize yeah, in the a bare army. minimum. Mm-hmm. But they do. Yeah, totally. I mean, because common sense gun reform and legislation like has somewhere around 80% agreement among all American people, like, especially if you phrase it in a way that's not gun control, if you phrase it in a way that says like, hey, federally, we should have these few things like background checks, um, that, you know, mental health examinations, yeah, mental health examinations, like follow ups, like stuff like that. And, and a limit, a much more limited ability or like outright no ability to buy like AR-15s, for example. Um, just some very, very small steps like that. Like, not even saying guns are taken away. Just very simple things like having federal legislation that makes it a little bit harder for someone to buy a gun. Everyone is in support of that. Like, 80% of America is in support of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, the church would also need to start teaching, especially, like, this is going to be a hot take. Like rural churches with older generations are going to have to be taught not to be so hateful and skeptical, which is a big <laughs> old stretch. But mm-hmm. Talon was telling me about this earlier. And I got, uh, while we were recording this podcast, I got a ding on my phone. Breaking news, New York Times. An 85 year old white man has been charged in the shooting of a black teenager um, who had mistakenly gone to the wrong house in Kansas City, Missouri. So he was going to pick up his brother yeah. at this house, knocks on the wrong house. I don't know because he's confused or given the wrong address. No one answers. So he kept knocking, not wanting to know where his brother is. 85-year-old man opens the door, shoots him in the head. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, nothing I know. more. Yeah. And it's just because it was a black kid knocking on his door. He shot him in the head. And somehow he's actually still in the ICU, not dead yet, but regardless mm-hmm. you've got to start working from a, a, a top down level to unlearn those systems of hate and racism and just skepticism or nothing is ever going to change totally and that goes back to what you were saying about the the college bill in, in tennessee uh how um justin jones i think was or whichever one of the justins in tennessee was yeah, was like yeah. you were saying Talking Justin, about how Jones and Spears, I think, were, is what their names were. Uh, Pearson, Pearson, yeah. Pearson. Um, how they were talking about um, how 
all we're doing with these bills is, is enabling repetition of the sins of our past, you know, and it's such a, it goes with, yeah, I mean, like you were saying with the hateful or bigoted old people or gun laws and people being afraid of those. It's like, it, it is very connected. And a lot of it, a lot of the reason that a lot of those like hateful, horrible, just ignorant ideologies do exist is because of a lack of education and because of a lack of reckoning with our past. Um, and that's something that should happen. Like we should be very, we should be like, so happy to learn about the awfulest of things that our ancestors and our near ancestors have done. Yeah. Because that should help us to have a better society. It should. Like I can almost guarantee you nothing like Hitler is going to happen in Germany again because they talk about it so much and because they require so much, you know, shame and they require so much like learning and education about it. Like, not saying that the Germans now are responsible, but 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 they're saying like, hey, these were your ancestors. These are what they did. Own up to it. Let's visit Auschwitz together and let's like, let's cry about it. Let's weep for what our people did, you know? And uh, I'm not saying that they're not going to have any problems. I'm sure that Germans have a lot of issues too. But like- A whole lot less than we issue, do. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they're ever going to commit that same issue again as long as they keep teaching about it because everyone is going to look at, what happened in the Holocaust and say, Oh my God, like we will never ever let it get to that again. Yeah. But in yet we just, we almost are at the point where pretending slavery wasn't bad. Like I've seen several things recently where people are again, using old like daughters of the Confederacy talking points about how a lot of slave masters were really nice. And a lot of people actually loved working in the fields and, and had a good life. And like, it's just so untrue, but since there's no, education that we're allowed to talk about it i mean we're doomed to repeat it i think it was did you see the john MacArthur clip talking about slavery oh i have seen that yeah mm -hmm. if you haven't if listeners if you haven't seen it just go look it up john MacArthur talks about the benefits of slavery for poor people yeah and about how it's <laughs> biblical and i watched the clip and mm -hmm. i'm like how the fuck is he still in ministry when yeah. you are spewing that same hatred? Yeah. So no, and so many people still like revere him, and and even if they disagree with him on that point, they still think that his like contributions to theology outweigh that, and that we should celebrate him. He's yeah. not a good guy. A... <laughs> no, I mean he's. <laughs> there are so many clips of him that are awful. You know. <laughs> Encouraging abused people to stay with abusers, you know, encouraging, um, well, I don't know. Yeah. So much. He, he's, he's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, but what do we, I don't know, I guess. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to tie it back to what we were talking about with gun control and yeah. about like, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that one of the things that is unfortunate is that Christianity is the vast majority of people here. And it is annoying to me, honestly, it's, it's just, an, it's more annoying than anything that they are still allowed to claim persecution in any sense and allowed to claim that people don't like Christians because sure, maybe in some social media comments, you'll get backlash for saying things about Christianity, but 
none of the press is going to go after you, you know, for being a Christian. No, never. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's very but unfortunate. What, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, it's something that we do often with the podcast is like, what would you have to say to like our different audiences on this topic? Like concisely, because I want to talk to people who are in the faith, who are the main arbiters of this stuff, like such as senior pastors, um, leaders in the faith. I want to talk to Joe Schmo Christian bro. And then to those who have deconstructed. Because I think there's yeah. three very different messages that I would want to present to them. Sure, totally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For for definitely a Joe Schmo Christian, um, I would like encourage them to try to recognize their privilege, you know, and just try to do an experiment where you see if you can, like. I, I love doing things, but when I'm trying out new worldviews or whatever, I love doing like practical experiments where I will pretend I have this worldview and then see if it makes sense, you know, like for a certain amount of time, I'll just try to look at everything. And I'll be like, okay, you know, I'm going to close off the part of my brain that believes the way I do right now. And so for example, if you're a Christian, try to like shut off the part of your brain that thinks about like either persecution or what you've been told about that and just see if you can envision the world in which Christians are privileged and just start looking for it, you know, see if you can notice stories notice um coincidences or like see if you can find the privilege uh that christians have in this country um whatever it may be for sure um i think oh yeah that's a good way to just see things and i don't think that with a lot of them they have ever you may have never been aware that you would identify like that you may have never even seen that you are taking part in that privilege because I know that, at least with myself, maybe for you as well, Collier, I didn't even know. Just for yeah. a second, consider it. No, I bought into it too. Yeah, I thought that the secular world was the was the domination. Like I, I thought that the secular and and the world, as we called it, quotes in uh in church, was the dominating f- faction of especially this country society. So I thought Christians were like a minority group. Um, I just didn't ever like, I I didn't question it, I guess. I just figured, yeah, we're outsiders, you know, like the culture is something different, but yeah, I mean, the more you just look at it, the more that maybe they're not Christian to your standard, you know, everyone has their own standards of what they call a Christian, but they're Christian nonetheless in in name and in a lot of action that they are, they are adopting the Christian identity. Um, yeah, and no, it's I don't even know what I would say to like pastors, perpetuators, but I mean assuming that they are well-intentioned, like Yeah. Because I don't yeah, <laughs> if they aren't well-intentioned, yeah. I mean <laughs> we they know yeah. what we think of them. <laughs> but w- one thing that I thought of when you were mentioning about Jesus uh how Jesus led, you know, t- taking direct action a common pushback to that would be that Jesus and the Bible encourages individuals to be charitable and individuals to like act in what, what they have, you know, that communism is like good for the church and acts too, but it's not good for the government, stuff like that. But, um, 
so so in general if you, if your reaction to like jesus taking action is to say like well like he's encouraging individual action and not legal action uh i mean i think you're wrong because i think i mean what little we know about him i don't know how much he challenged rome but also rome was not a democracy so he had no foot to challenge rome but the direct authority over him I mean, this is taking the Bible as like literally true, but taking the Bible as historically accurate, the direct authority over him, the religious rulers of the day, he was trying to change the religious laws, the religious makeup. Yes. You know, he wasn't, yes. he wasn't even trying to like tear it all down. He was trying to change it and reform it. He was basically saying like, these are ways that you, you people in charge are systematically oppressing other people, tax collectors, or well, not tax collectors, they were part of the oppressors, but like you're, you're oppressing the poor you're oppressing the disabled and and i want you to not do that i want you to use your power that has been given you by the state of rome to enact change Uh, so i think jesus was very politically active in the way that he could be um because obviously you can't be active in rome's political landscape because it was a dictatorship uh so yeah if you're going to use that point to argue against um action like i think we should use whatever action we have at our disposal yeah following the the example of jesus because so look at yeah all to say look at uh, what that action can be i don't think the basic action is prayer like even if you love prayer that's great good for you please please pray after these events awesome um but like i said earlier i just think that yeah encouraging only prayer as the action is very very irresponsible i saw several churches uh, i think it was maybe middletown christian church um posted something where they were like pray for louisville but also prayer is nothing without action like visit our site to to look at these actions they had like just political type of action that that rallying for for change you know rallying for common sense laws stuff like that um that's a very easy thing the southeast could have easily done you don't have to be a progressive church to say hey pray but don't only pray action call your legislatures call like sign this petition do something to try to change the dire situation why do you Um, think they didn't though oh i think because i mean the cynical part of me is yeah it's it's all about the money dude it's all about like their largest donors i mean they've got so many republican like legislators going to southeast honestly so like they got big tithing donors that are uh that would get pissed off and probably leave um if they even suggested uh hurting the second amendment sorry. in any way you know <laughs> he just sorry guys moochie hopped in my lap and he like he's, he's not a, a real cuddly boy but for some reason, every time I'm at the computer, he just wants love. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I totally agree with you because I think that even like personally, they probably would feel that common sense gun control, for example, should be in effect. They're not as conservative mm-hmm. as some people would like to think that they are. But the problem Southeast or senior leadership at Southeast for the most oh, part, yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. I can't say for everyone. They're, they're common. They're, they're definitely somewhere in the middle rather than super conservative. However, the yeah. moment it's taboo to talk about politics in church because the moment that you True. do, you will alienate half your audience. 
And it's just saying to me that Southeast Christian church, I mean, I guess not just Southeast, but just me personally, I think from the outside looking in, it just comes across that they value membership and money over real change for our nation and for the protection of the widows, orphans, minorities, and those who need to be cared about. Yeah. That's my hot no, take. No, totally, totally. Damn. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think you have to get overly political with a lot of stuff just to talk about like helping out in a situation that's horrible. You know, like I feel like if you don't want to comment on politics that much in church, that's fine for the most part. But when it comes down to like to systemic oppression of people that are helpless. Yeah. I think that's not really politics. That's just like decency and morality. Like like that that's trying to be a protector of the least of these, which is like supposedly their whole mission, you know, as churches. Um Yeah. You and, don't have yeah, to endorse that, a that includes like Yeah, which that includes like gun stuff. It's not saying like vote for candidates necessarily who are gonna enact gun change. It's just like enact some kind of change right now with whoever you got right now. If Mitch McConnell can fucking sign a bill, you know, we don't even have to get him out to have something to change um, because we're losing people, you know, like, I mean, gun guns are the way that the majority of children die now in America. And um, that's, that's terrible, easily preventable. All like every single one of these mass shootings got their guns legally. Uh, usually almost like not necessarily the same day, but yeah. very often the same day. I mean, that this guy in Louisville, he got his gun. He decided to shoot up his workplace and went out, applied for the gun, waited like the eight days or whatever, and then did it. You know, that was it. Um, that's, so, that's where yeah, I'm like, I, I agree with you. The church should invest more within like the mental health area as well. And, and I don't even think like obviously the mental health of their own congregation, but like a big way that I think that the church could really benefit is open a therapy clinic open to anyone and pay for it. Just pay for it overall because you need mm. to find like a big, a big tool of outreach would literally just be like, Hey, we have a whole system filled with licensed trained professional mental health counselors and therapists Anyone you know who is struggling, having a hard time can go see them. We will pay for it and don't have yeah. an agenda. Don't have like, yeah, oh my- like, like make sure they're licensed by like the actual, not, not like the biblical counseling Alliance, like the actual, like the uh, state whatever. legislation, whatever the yeah. national code is, not just a pastoral counselor. Or mm-hmm. I saw, I was doing an assignment the other day and I saw there was like a licensed professional sex addiction counselor. And he was not even like, license he was just like oh i just tell people porn is wrong and i'm on psychology today and i'm like oh god what yeah i know it's wild um (laughs) yeah like people who are licensed with the board don't make them to where they've got to reveal all this don't make them where they have to have an agenda to come bring people to faith just someone who like works on people's mental health because is you know i i do value like the common sense gun control too but my thing is like, where? How did their heart and their mind get to that place where they wanted to enact that harm? What kind yeah. of life were they given where something snapped and they wanted to kill people? We need to nip that in the bud now. Sure, and it is mostly white men. A lot of them 
probably Christian, honestly. Yeah, who won't go to therapy, who are like the number yeah. one people <laughs> who won't go to therapy. Yeah, no, totally. No, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, I mean, I th- in my opinion, I think that the like gun reform needs to happen first. Yes, um, yes. Agreed. But but I, I definitely agree that they need to work in tandem. Yeah, like we, yeah. we have to address the root as well. But yeah, I, I think that at least we have some ba- we have some band aid solutions that will work better than nothing, you know. For yes, now. so yes. like, why not put the band aid on it as we're trying to fix the root problem? You know, it, it's like a step by step process because it's like, okay, this yeah. needs to happen right now first, and then you move on to the root cause of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a like a freaking tourniquet, okay? Like you're bleeding out like <laughs> yeah. crazy. You gotta stop the bleeding, then you can deal with like what the fuck happened. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally, I agree. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, what do we say to those who have deconstructed, who don't identify with faith, who are in the minority of uh political spectrum of the like internet, who like are outspoken and feel like their voice isn't getting heard amongst the um, the drowning voice of the fake persecuted. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't even know because I'm like trying to talk to myself. Yeah, I know. What too, do we do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I do like to, as much as it can be really difficult. I I do think that there is capacity for change and better understanding in like every human. So. If it's, you know, within your like mental and emotional capacity to have conversations, I think having some, some, uh, just reasonable conversations, you know, about offering new perspectives to people, especially people that are close to you. If you have people that are close to you that, um, are supporting things that are going to hurt people, I think that's something where like, especially if you're going to remain close to them, you have to have a conversation. And if you can handle it emotionally, I, I feel like it's a good thing to try to have conversations, you know, like not necessarily like yelling at them, but just some kind of offering a new perspective. Yes. Um, And the only reason I'm saying that, like it's tough because I also like really want, it, it, it really frustrates me to have those conversations. And I really want people to just not believe that at all. And it's hard for me to like sit with them in the, and their ignorance, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> oh, you said But, it. like, yeah. Or even just, like, yeah. I mean, so, some of the stuff, it's, if it, yeah. It, it's just, it can be difficult to sit in those conversations. It can be difficult to have those dialogues. But, again, I'm just thinking back to, at least me, if, if other people in the world work at all like me, like, I had just several, so many small conversations over so many years that have led to, what ended up being radical change. Um, and usually it wasn't one conversation. It was just people I respected telling me their perspective and having, giving alternatives to like my arguments. Um, so if that can happen for me, I like, I, I believe that it can happen for other people. I think that people ha- do have the capacity to engage with other thoughts. So like trying to have those conversations is better than nothing. Yeah, I, and like I, th- I think that there can be an element of virtue signaling to like social media posting, but I think that uh, social media posting can be really good about that, especially if it's like, especially if you're sharing like 
well thought out or heartfelt um, or various uh, different perspectives on the topic, you know, like sharing ones that appeal to people's emotions and appeal to logical reasoning or appeal to stats, you know, sharing all that type of stuff. It can be really good because if someone's watching you and they don't agree and they're like, God, I hate this person. Like, Collier keeps fucking posting about <laughs> gun control and it's so stupid. But then maybe, maybe one of the things that I post or repost or whatever will like, it'll make them question a little bit, you know, and then that, that may, that question, they, they might keep pulling that thread. So I don't know. That's the best I got right now, I guess. <laughs> what about you? This is something that I've had to like have a conversation with others about. So I think that now that I have embraced a attitude of skepticism towards um, in just in general in life, I don't take things at face value just because it's what I'm supposed to believe or supposed to think. Like I live skeptically now. I am way more logical than I ever have been. I take into the research into account. So here's the problem, Collier. I think I'm right about a lot of things because I've mm-hmm. been, I've went through such a radical transformation. I selfishly think I'm right. Everyone does, but to all of you deconstructed people who think they're right, have some empathy for your old self. For people who are in that space, you thought you were right, not selfishly, but just because you were passionate about it. So there's a lot of people, I'm not talking about the people who are willingly enacting all of this hateful uh, legislature. Yes, mm-hmm. you can cancel those people. You can be <laughs> mad at them, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of vibe because the average Christian <sighs> believes that they have everyone's best intention at heart, even though I know that they don't and you know that they don't. They don't know that they don't. Have some empathy, have some sympathy. Mm. Don't come at them guns a blazing. Like you said, Collier, present fact, present well thought out arguments, put the ball in their court, let them change on their own time. Because if you pull the rug out from underneath them, it can have a really bad effect. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely easy to um, be too like guns a blazing when yeah. you're entering those conversations. And, and like I have. And, sometimes maybe it is warranted and that's fine you know just depending on what situation but if you if you do like once especially if it's someone you care about then like definitely yeah like the the best method is to go about it slowly and go about it um with empathy like you said yeah yeah it's it's really i think it's a mm -hmm. yeah it is it is i mean i think like one thing you said was like about thinking you're right and about like people like your past self thinking you're right too I think it's a great um, practice for everyone to consider that they could be wrong about things. And it's especially like to sit in conversations that are uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that like sitting in that discomfort means that you have to adopt that uncomfortable person's worldview because you definitely might not have to. But like, I think the ability to listen to someone, um, or, you know, over social media or whatever, like to read posts and whatever from somebody and not just immediately write them off, but then be like, 
Yes. Okay. Like, like what's, where could be a truth in this? Like, this is making me uncomfortable. Why is that? Uh, I think it's a good way to like look at life. You know, it's a kind of, it's a kind of deconstructed way to look at life, not to just immediately fall back on your own arguments, but to accept that you could be wrong and be, and, and it's uncomfortable, but be like in that uncomfort. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is my confessional call. Your gun control is hard for me because of like the really sure. conservative background I came from. Like, and I think a lot of it is rooted in fear because at the end of the day, no, I don't want the fascist government to come and take control of my life. Yes. I <laughs> want to be able to protect yeah. myself. And I, I personally think mm. that is legitimate. However, I've got to look objectively at this and just because me myself I'm not going to go out and, you know, shoot an innocent person doesn't mean that the privilege and benefits that I get to benefit from aren't a really bad thing for a, a population in society that is making mass shootings every day. Sure. Yeah. So which I mean, I got to look at it. That's the thing. Like what, what I'm saying we should do right now, this instant is like nothing radical, just the basic, yeah. you know, just the, just the very basic laws that make it a little bit tougher yeah. to purchase and like a little bit safer, a little bit harder to access, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I just, I think that's like so basic, you know, it's like not something that's too radical, you know? I agree. I, I'm also for like, I'm also, yeah, like d struggle beyond that because then it gets, it gets really complicated and like you have the whole like line argument of like, where is a line? Right. But yeah. So it, like, the, I don't think that the entire issue is simple, no. but I do think that our action right now is pretty simple. We should enact yes. like, a couple of the laws that other countries have enacted that have worked, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, all I was saying is that like, I noticed that I have a fear in me and Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm taking what mm -hmm. you said. Like, I want to look at why do I like my initial, my initial thing is like, cause I was at one point I was so libertarian. I'm like, I want all my rights right now. Why do yeah. I, why am I averse to that? Is it because I feel strongly about this or am I also afraid? Yeah. Who knows? Totally. I mean, I think that's, yeah. And like, I, I think that's great. And I mean, thanks for like sharing oh, that too and sharing like your, no, your fear there, because that is like something that's, I mean, it's good to hear that like people like you can wrestle with those things, you know, and not be super uh, black and white about the issue or like, like you're, you're taking the time to try to figure things out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the one caveat I'll say with that sitting in discomfort is I don't think you have to do it with the likes of Tucker Carlson, Charlie Kirk. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, especially if you're someone that, like, finds yourself, uh, I mean, if you think you're a pretty, like, moral person and, like, a harm reduction type of person, like, I'm not saying that you should sit in discomfort with everything. Like you shouldn't listen to Nazis and fascists, you know, no. and try to see the, see the truth in their arguments. No, but like, so 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 that's a caveat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, at least try to figure out if you think the person's heart is somewhat good, you know. And like, if you if you believe that this person's coming from a standpoint of wanting to help people rather than wanting to sow division or or get control. But like, there's a lot of different ways that people think you can help people, and a lot of different ways that might work. So if you think the person has like the general people's benefit at their heart. Um, then yeah, sit in that uncomfort. Yeah, definitely. Like listen to them, even if you disagree. Yeah. You don't have to like, uh, you know, with this whole argument, you don't have to be like, Hey, I'm wrong about this, but 
just have sympathy <laughs> for others who yeah sure you know who think that way at least so mm-hmm. all right that that's enough soapbox for me it, <laughs> I, i'm like <sighs> i know yeah this has been a little more soapboxy episode but i don't know this is something that it, it yeah i mean it gets us angry you know because it's it's just, it's too real. You know, we're not even talking about future realities and abstract beliefs here. We're just talking about people's lives that are being lost every day. So, like, that's, it's frustrating. Um, it's a frustrating topic. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why we're a little bit more soapboxy probably yeah, with this topic sure. than with most. Yeah, we, we, like, and you and I have discussed this privately a lot. Like, we worry about being too or at least two formerly cishet white guys on the internet <laughs> starting like a, mm-hmm. a, a podcast together. And like Taylor showed me a clip the other day of like high, high value males, high value yes. males, <laughs> alpha males. <laughs> and it was, it was a clip. It, it was a, a lady who took a clip from these white guys on TikTok who are like, do women even have hobbies? Do they even have interests? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I know. It's like, no, I mean, even though I like I, I identify with it, it's like I, I totally agree when people make fun of the white guys with mics, you know, like, know. it's like get those mics away from those white dudes because because, <laughs> yes, there's just so many so much bullshit yeah. that goes on. If we need to be canceled, guys, please cancel us. We will yeah, listen. Let, it, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, um. Yeah, did you did you have any uh, media recommendations, or or do you want to say anything else on a similar topic before we wrap up? No, I'm. I need to take a breather now. Media Rex is a yeah. <laughs> Media Rex is a, a good vibe good. for me right now. Um, let me pull up my, my Spotify. If you've got something, go ahead and hit it. Okay. Um, I've got two. Okay. Uh, so. I have, I mean, I've been just like listening to the new Boy Genius, the yes! record, like nonstop. So if I haven't shouted that out, I don't know, I've shouted like probably all three of them out and the the band several times. But like, yeah, it's just so fucking good. So it's amazing. Good. Um, very good. And it's got a lot, a lot of like, so it's got some religious themes in there too. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Love Boy Genius and all the artists separately. They all separately. I mean, so Lucy Dacus was on uh, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Go listen to that episode as well. It's another wreck. It's it's really cool. She just talks about her her kind of story, journeying through faith. It's awesome. Um. So the less serious one, uh, T Pain, uh, on uh-huh. top of the covers. <laughs> Wait, so, I, is it is it is it him doing covers? It's or? him doing all covers. <laughs> Um, nice. Okay, wait. I've seen some of these on TikTok. And, I think. And he released um, an album of Tennessee whiskey. Don't stop believing. Uh, sharing the uh, night together. Oh my god! It's so. <laughs> <laughs> some of them work better than others, but it's so funny. Yeah. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta listen to that. I mean, from what I've seen, like the the clips I've seen on TikTok, he's got such a good voice. He does. Give him a listen. Uh, but my more yes. serious one is um, a little less, a little more niche. Um, Skylar Accord, True Viridian. 
Um, Skyler mm-hmm. um, was the basis for the hardcore band Issues. And currently, because Issues is on a hiatus, long story, um, he is the touring basis for 21 Pilots. Oh, okay. Uh, he just dropped his own EP. And it's, if you give it a listen, it's a really weird mix between R&B, hardcore, and electronic. It's, yeah. It is the most unique album I have ever heard stylistically. So, yes, very, very good. I love good. that. Okay. And yeah, I love it when bassists do their own thing. It's usually so good. Oh, phenomenal. And the whole album is just about um him exploring his true self. And so like um who is he really? What and, and similar to like I don't really vibe with 21 Pilot style anymore. But the thing mm-hmm. I always appreciate about T1P is that they weren't afraid to explore the dark places of their mind. And that's what this album yeah. is. Not celebrating, but just exploring that. Nice. Yeah. So. Awesome. Oh, wait. I've got one more that I just remembered. Bring it. Bring um, it. Bring it. This just can to do a little bit with politics and uh, not confronting our past well. Uh, there's an episode of Throughline, the NPR podcast um, called Throughline. Uh, it's a great podcast in general, but they there's one. Um, there's an episode, it was re-released on February 2nd of this year, and it's called The Real Black Panthers. Um, it's just a good overview of, like, the Black Panthers. And, um, it's a super fascinating history, like, so just research them in general, but, like, that episode gives you a really good overview, and, um, honestly, I feel like if you research the Black Panthers, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about what the United States government thinks about its citizens. (laughs) Um, so that's another podcast suggestion i have well moochie do you have anything to say and there's the boy there's a little boy <laughs> look at how like dead he looks <laughs> bro look at this he is he's so quiet and his chunky he's a chunky so, boy he has he has put on a lot of weight in this past year <laughs> he was always such a skinny little guy oh he is a big boy now i'm like should we feed him less <laughs> But he literally, like, I'm literally holding him like an infant in my arms, like cradling him. <laughs> oh, oh my God, he's so sweet. I miss him. Yes, yeah, he, uh, he's more introverted now with guests and stuff. Nachos in their face, but he's, but he's slowly <laughs> getting back to it. Yeah. So. Good. <laughs> well, all right. Is that a wrap? Well. Awesome, yeah. Until next time. Oh, uh, 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 check, check, check us out. Give us a good review. Check us out on Spotify. Yeah, check us out. Uh, uh, Leave reviews. Yes, Apple Music. Five stars, please. Yes, five stars. Five stars only. Apple Music, uh, Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon. Um, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We'll- yes, please interact with us. We uh, have no interaction, and we really want to people to interact with us, so please do. Yes. Go check out our poll. We got a poll going right now for who's your uh, uh, celebrity deconstruction wish list. Go check it out on our Instagram. Yes. <laughs> we'll do something. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll put up the ones. We'll do a poll of the ones we talked about in this episode. Yeah. And then we will also like have a, a write-in box for like 
either favorite deconstructed or, or wish list. So yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. See ya. Bye.